On this episode of the podcast, we're going to have a special testimony from Jeannie Grant with her family's fight and recovery for Lyme disease. It's going to be a great episode, so sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, hello, All Out Warriors. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm joining the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Awesome, man. So uh, we have an awesome podcast today. I'm really excited about it, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fairly uh, it's gonna have deep testimony stuff going on, and so uh, I'm just really excited about it. But um, before we get into that, I was just gonna share with you that um, so. Uh, all the sports are done now. We're done with the Super Bowl. We're done with... You still have hockey. Uh, yeah, we have hockey, but I'm like frustrated with with the Capitals, man. They had a cup. They won. They won this weekend, so that yeah. was good. Tom Wilson had a really good fight. He did. I know. Did you... Was that the one where the guy's five teeth got knocked out? No, there was some... Uh, was I can't remember. St. Louis or something like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he like swiped oh. him with the stick and knocked all his front teeth out. Yeah, that's crazy. And then the ref just picked him up because that's <laughs> hockey players are can the, handle. Them. They're the toughest dudes, yeah. man. It, I'm convinced hockey is the toughest sport, like yeah. way more than football. Way more because not only do they nonstop run around, like skate back and forth on the ice at breakneck speed, but they physically just abuse each other. Oh yeah, yeah. It's underrated in toughness, I think. Yeah, and all those dudes are just so in, in insane shape. Yeah. Like, yeah. just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Their athleticism is insane. Yeah, don't ever get in a fight with a hockey player. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, what do you know, man? Oh, oh, so this is kind of, uh, I heard this over this weekend. I was driving up to the mountains. I was listening to podcasts, and I heard, anyway, so. Um, <laughs> so, I just found this out, that I always thought japan like the only time that they attacked the homeland during world war ii or prior to it was uh pearl harbor right yeah so they actually attacked five times on like against the united states on american soil yeah well one of them it was called the bombardment of elwood where a japanese submarine actually fired um like i don't know missiles or not rockets or you know they hit coastal targets right near santa barbara Really? Yeah. In California? Yeah. They were off the coast. Yeah. Wow. And this other technology they had. Around which, the same time? As yeah. Uh, the bombing of Elwood was uh, February 23rd, 1942. And uh, so this other thing they did, they call them Fugo balloon bombs. <laughs> they had this idea of putting hot weather balloons mm. and then strapping like mines and missiles to them. And they would float them from Japan across the ocean. And they figured out through mathematics and like, you know, the How the, to... the wind and everything where they would land. And so they had these huge hot weather balloons that would just drop bombs onto the United States. Did they do that to us? Yeah. Yeah. The family died, actually. That's in. That's amazing. You don't hear about this in history books. No. Yeah, I was going to say. Nobody, uh, nobody tells us this. I don't remember this. Yeah. So it said, uh, there's if you go to the Wikipedia for the Fugo balloon bomb, uh, there's something right here about press cover-up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it said, uh, yeah, the press covered it up. It was ran in one story. And uh, yeah, it killed a, a family wow. in 
That's an that's an amazing uh, in Oregon, yeah, in Oregon. The bomb, you know, the the balloon ran out of air. It fell on the ground, and then the kids. It said that they went up to the the mine and kicked it, and it blew up. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the story: Don't kick a mine. Yeah. So uh, or a mime or a mime. They blow up big time. They're aggro. Most people don't realize (laughs) that. (laughs) Dude, that's a crazy. Did you know? And it's actually perfect for what we're going to talk about today. I try to do that. Yeah, you're a genius like that, man. So as I started off with this, uh, you know, as we started the podcast, I was talking about, we have a a special guest in the studio with us and um, her name is Jeannie Grant. How are you, Jeannie? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. I met her through our sons. Her son and my son are really good friends. And um, I had a just chance conversation with her in her driveway uh, about um, just the health of her family. And in that conversation, she uh, shared just an amazing testimony with me. And I walked away from that. I, I just was, I thought about it for days. And um, and then, you know, over time when we launched our podcast and stuff, I realized this would be something at some point we need to get her on and share. And so uh, we've invited Jeannie on to talk about um, just her experience and her her family and the testimony that really it points all back to just God's faithfulness, number one. But um, the way that all the things kind of transpired and took place is pretty cool. And um, what she dealt with, what your family dealt with was they discovered it to be Lyme, which where we live here in Northern Virginia, it's, it's very, very bad. I mean, they're actually producing or building a Lyme research facility uh, where we are. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I saw that, uh, it's aff- affiliated with Inova hospital. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So Colorado had, you know, for a long time and, and then now it's here and it's the highest concentration of Lyme disease, um, in the nation is located right here where we are. Um, um, I know a handful of people that have, are dealing with it, have dealt with it. Um, and, um, so, and what's crazy is I actually, got Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever from a tick uh, probably 20 years ago. It, it was right when I got married, and we went camping, and a tick bit my leg, and I didn't know it. Went to the hospital in Fredericksburg, and then um, they did all kinds of blood tests, and the doctor said, this looks like it could be Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. And uh, lo and behold, the test results came back, and it, that's what it was. They had to give me aggressive antibiotics, and I thought I was going to die. It was the sickest I've ever been. Like, you would just be feeling normal one second, and then a second later, you would just be convulsing and throwing up, and just you're just wincing in great pain. Uh, it was horrible. It was horrible and bad rash. How long did that last? Uh, about four days. Hmm. It was just bad, bad. And um, what we did, my, like, I woke up with just covered with a rash, and my wife was like, "What's wrong I was with you?" Say <laughs> it, it was probably the rash that they noticed because Rocky Mountain spotted fever rash is different. Yeah, yeah, I've learned a little bit about it now, and I'm and I'm so glad it's done. Like, I, it won't ever come back. So that's that's a really a great thing. But uh, so I was going to say, I have a story. It has nothing to do with that, but it does have to do with. I was thinking of this rash that I got that I didn't know. When I lived in Central Florida, was at a because um, they all have lakes, yeah, tons and tons of lakes there. So we were at a Fourth of July um, cookout on one of these lakes, and I went swimming in the water, and I got out, and like an hour later, had this huge rash all over my body. 
it was super painful. I didn't get sick or anything like that, but I was in so much pain. Looked it up, and apparently they have these uh, in the lakes in Florida. They have, like, mollusks, like little clams and stuff. And during the summer, right about in the middle, you know, the beginning of July, they'll poop in the water. <laughs> and the fecal matter, if you swim in it, and, it, and they're all, like, right on the shore, so everyone goes through it. Yeah. It causes, it's like this huge unspoken of rash that oh. people get a lot really sick from it's the florida clam rash the florida <laughs> cr- yeah that's what we'll call it <laughs> yeah but yeah i've never had anything that's the worst i've ever had so Jeannie, tell us a little bit about lime i want to like what because if people know about it they hear about it but tell us what like kind of your story with that like tell us a little how bit we the- discovered i had it it took years to find out what was up but one thing is it can come on very slow so that you just start accepting uh issues it just becomes a way of life and you don't even realize you're sick like i had headaches uh and i it was usually around my menstrual cycle so i thought oh it's yeah hormone related and my mother had headaches so I was like, oh, I inherited them. And they started getting more and more often. Um, I would get tired and I started taking a nap. And then my naps got longer and longer. And I had a neck ache. Mm. And just thought it was from overwork. And then I had a back ache. And I thought it was related to riding my horse. And, um, then I had a skin rash, and that was when my girlfriend said, I think you have Lyme. And I was like, no way. And so, and then I had like arthritis between my fingers, and the doctor was like, oh, well, you're, you're over 40, um, you're developing arthritis. And so, right. um, and then when I complained about my fatigue, they were like, oh, you have five kids. You know, there's always all these explanations. And I did get tested. And what they didn't tell me then was that the Western blot is 30% accurate. 30%. Okay, so what's the Western blot? Is that what you said? It's a blood test that they give you. It's a lab in okay. at the doctor. Okay. And also, it doesn't even include all the species, so I, I think, you know, it's easy to miss it. So, for those of us that are listening that don't understand what Lyme is, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, it's, so it's... It's a spirochete. A spirochete, okay. And so, I'm going to launch into something real quick. We're going to deviate from the spirochete, but it's connected to this because uh, Rosie was talking about Japan. Uh, there was some weird... Uh, discoveries that it's possible and very likely that the Japanese actually infected our waterways during World War II uh, and we discovered that through uh, the internment camps that were done here in the United States. I think we discovered what I heard is that we discovered it because people were getting sick. Okay. And then we realized they were put in um, certain areas. I think California California okay. is where they first discovered it, and um, and then they realized they were infecting us in our waterways with spirochetes. Wow! 
And, and so, then that's why they were put in internment camps. So is a spirochete a man-made thing then? Is that, it's like a biological warfare thing? So from what I understand, a spirochete is natural, but the Lyme spirochete, the Borrelia, is biowarfare. Okay. It's bacteria-like, but uh, so antibiotics kill a, bac a bacteria. Right. But antibiotics don't kill these spirochetes. They roll up in a ball. They actually fold into a ball. Wow. Or that's the cyst form, or they go into a round body form, which is like a flat disc, and they actually turn inside out. <laughs> when And we have it on video. We have the it turning into a cyst form as soon as the antibiotics are presented like before it even touches it they just in less than a a minute they they're in a different form so they're adapting to the fight against the antibiotic yeah they're coming. going into they they go into hiding wow that's amazing to me <laughs> just to think about it's kind of terrifying that that level well not only that but they hide and it's kind of a long story, but you can get it under video. And um, what we discovered is that it's actually in your saliva. It's in your body fluids. It's not in your body, in your blood. And so testing the blood is like the wrong place to test it. But what, so you can see spirochetes under a microscope, fairly easy. But if they're in a cyst form, it can take hours to locate the cyst forms, like you have to go through a lot of slides so a cyst, of the spit, so the, they hide too. The cyst form that you're talking about is actually the, when it mutates Rolls up and, and, it, yep. and it changes, okay. So once it hits that, it's very difficult to discover and to, to find. Even when you know they're there, it can take hours. Really? And just after, Which is weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's It's almost like it's thinking, it's in, you know adapting and hiding. It's a, it's a horrible, horrible you know it's very disease. hard to test for man i mean it's that's why people don't know what they have and they have all these chronic they have uh we believe lupus ms a lot of rheumatoid arthritis parkinson's dementia alzheimer's any autoimmune disease is yeah. the foundation is lyme and people don't know if I, you know the chronic fatigue fibromyalgia yeah um Food sensitivities, a lot of stuff. Man, that's so crazy. No, I was going to say, it, it, that just sounds like the perfect weapon. I mean, I always it, feared that when I was little. I yeah. always thought, you know, people, I mean, anybody could do that and you would never know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what happened, I think. Yeah. They, it, you know, and that's the whole idea. I mean, the Germans were working on these things with the mustard gas and these biological things. Uh, it's just, it surprises me that the Japanese were that far ahead of them. Like it just, it's amazing if that, if that did happen through that and it infected our waterways and that kind of kicked it off. Do you think that it's possible that it's just changing, that it's not the way it was in 1944 or whatever, and now it, it looks different because it's adapting to the antibiotics? So, uh, well, what I understand is, um, like there's another spirochete called a treponeme syphilis is a treponeme okay the dentists know the oral surgeons know that a lot of people have treponemes. some of them most of them think they're harmless but 
They cause heart disease, syphilis. Okay, yeah. They get in your brain, too. You but know, that's with, a sexually transmitted disease, right? That's what we're well, taught. Well, it's a spirochete. <laughs> Lyme's a spirochete. They're the same thing. They're both in your saliva. So, I mean, Man. kissing is worse than getting it sexually <laughs> transmitted. I mean, it's so it's it's so prevalent in the yeah. saliva that you would be really surprised <laughs> of what we see and it's in whole families. It's very contagious and and we find that you don't have to have symptoms. You can be a carrier and usually the dad is a carrier <laughs> and has no symptoms. Yeah. That's incredible. So let's talk about your family a little bit. <clears throat> so you guys, you were, give us a description of what you were dealing with and, and your family. So um, it, it was over a period, well, we moved to Lovettsville 12 and a half years ago. And before we moved, I worked out a couple days at the gym. I would run three to four days a week. And after we moved, I just couldn't get into a routine. Like I just it was really weird. And I just started not being able to um, be productive. And I was taking longer and longer naps. And my husband was like, gosh, you know, you really have a big heart. You're, you know, <laughs> saying you'll do all this stuff and you're not doing it. And I really couldn't figure it out. Um, and then I started getting all the other symptoms. And I mean, he would research, you know, is it your age, your hormones, your, yeah. you know, and Finally, he had somebody through a business lunch said, hey, you know, when I had headaches, I went to a chiropractor. So I started going to a chiropractor and um, it would relieve my headaches. Well, when I wanted to bring two kids, the chiropractor was like, okay, I think you guys have Lyme. You, the, a 10-year-old should not have back problems. Yeah. And so he, we did the Western blot. He tested positive. And then my friends who had told me before they thought I had it, guided me to do the hygienics test. And um, you have to pay out of pocket like $500. Mm. And um, I, it came back positive. So I was like, oh, thank goodness, now we know what it is. Well, then it was, what doctor do I go to? And that was scary because it's this black hole and yeah. everybody I called they're like okay you need to fill out this questionnaire and give your whole history and and it you know $5,000 yeah you know uh. to be in their program and it, it, it was it was the biggest scariest nightmare and I thought when I've got my first appointment I'm like okay now you're going to help me but it was the beginning of a huge nightmare where for three years I did antibiotics I did a pick line I had a pick line for eight months. I mean, that's like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, you know, I had one daughter that had issues her whole life where at two and a half, she was really sick like you were. And then overnight, she got really heavy and had a personality change. And then, um, I mean, just went from happy-go-lucky to withdrawn and moody and clingy. And when she went to school, she couldn't learn and then, um, and oh, they wanted to hold her back. We got an IEP. Uh, second grade, she started getting night terrors. Then when she became wow. a teenager, she became OCD and had anxiety and had to be on Zoloft. And then uh, when she was gaining 30 pounds a year, she looked pregnant. 
and was pre-diabetic and the endocrinologist was like there's nothing wrong nothing wrong with her and i'm like look at her right. i mean she had these weird stretch marks which i now know are bartonella and um even after i was diagnosed it took a while to figure out that's what she had and um and then it was really after we started antibiotics that we all got sick and went down and my kids couldn't even go to school and they were bartonella hits you in the brain and it gives you high anxiety and depression and they were suicidal wow. and right before we got treated um finally found out my oldest daughter was into drugs really heavy and was a cutter which we we really well i was in bed i was bedridden three years but it was the biggest nightmare. Um, so not only was I down, not doing anything, but you know, I had, you know, my, and my 10 year old, we had pulled out of school because he was having panic attacks and he couldn't even homeschool. His brain was so gone. Hmm. And um, I had to sleep with him because he would threaten to kill himself. And, and he had uh, neck ache, back ache. And he was 10 years old. 10 at this years old. He had boils. Wow. Um, I mean, we were just getting worse and worse. And we, we were all on antibiotic treatment. And I really think it was the antibiotics, looking back, the toxins that really just, it was too much on our systems. Yeah. You know, so that's where we were. So your husband wasn't <clears throat> displaying any of the effects, but you had it and all of your children had it massive negative effects I'm mean, suicidal and and just uh, all the health issues with the weight gain and then the and just even dealing with the schools I think Seth was out of school 60 days and wow. they were like get him to school or we're calling the right we're calling the child protective call? right yeah. yeah right and um, uh, so what happened was um, my husband works for a law firm and he heads up business development. He's not an attorney, but he meets many, many companies. And he he met a man, I think in like 2005, who was the partner of a guy with a cure for cancer. And it's mineral-based, and it's a real thing. And he tried to help them get it to market, and they really just weren't responsive. And so he finally just gave up. And, because um, he was so excited. Well. In 2014, um, that's when I'd been bedridden for three years and we were down. Um, this guy and his partner came in to the law firm and wanted to get inf patent information. And at that point, I had been bedridden three years and our three kids were down. And we were, I mean, it was like, it was hopeless. I mean, we, I just, actually, that's where my faith grew was in that whole time I just watched Joyce Myers and some you know different it was the only way I could keep you know I would just prayed and I would you know yeah quote I scriptures of healing which I think you know uh, uh, you know brought the healing later but um anyhow long and short when he met this man who's cured 600 stage four people he was like hey you can cure cancer can you help help us with Lyme <laughs> right and the guy was like, I didn't know it was, you know, an issue. And actually, my husband showed him pictures. Wow. And he was like, yeah, I can. And so 
I mean, it wasn't long. It was like in less than a week, he sent us four bottles. And within 30 days, I was 75% better. So, uh, all right. So I have so many questions. Now. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a totally <laughs> riveting story. Um, so he sends you four bottles. Where were you on this? Were you on board with it? Were oh, you like, to- I was like, get it to me. So you were desperate. You were like, we were I'll do anything. so desperate. Well, and I, we knew. We knew about his we saw the all the the um the deck of yeah the the, case studies and all that yeah yeah so and i always say it's a good thing my husband knew him because the husbands are always the the um (laughs) you know they're just they're protective right and they're so they're always like uh i don't think this is real or (laughs) right you know no (laughs) yeah i'm the last one to jump on for something like that and that's kind of your role you're i mean i deal with people now where you know the husband's not on board and i'm like go pray about it don't force your way yeah you know um because he's just doing his job so these vials that they sent to you these four vials was it one for each of you in the family or was it just for was it one treatment for one person well one two ounce bottle is a 60 day treatment for an adult okay so and myself and my older daughter did it first because the other two had camps okay they had to get through okay um but i was and what you do is you nebulize yeah uh 20 drops a day for 60 days and when you nebulize it fumigates Fumigate your body head to toe. Wow. And it, it's inorganic minerals were depleted of that every cell requires. So it's nothing that your body wouldn't norm you know, we're depleted. So it's not it's not a medicine. It's what we need to kill it. Yeah. And it's gotta get in the brain because spirochetes love the brain. It's gotta get everywhere. And this is just has unique properties where it penetrates deep into bone even. Yeah, so you told me something in our conversation originally about it has this ability to break the brain barrier. So can you explain that a little bit? Because I had never heard of that uh, until you mentioned it. I'm not a scientist and so (laughs) I don't, I can't like scientifically explain it, but there is a protection of um, the brain and so a lot can't penetrate the brain. So like an antibiotic can't get... An antibiotic molecule is too big to penetrate a cell. Okay, so we're talking cellular level treatment in going in. Yeah, it penetrates cells. It'll go through your tooth. It's really amazing. Wow, so this nebulizer treatment it's going to replenish new minerals into your at the cellular level of a person and then that is used to com to combat these these uh sp- spirochetes spirochetes <clears throat> they sound evil they, yeah. a spirochete sounds They're, like an evil drill. villain doesn't it they drill yeah they are oh it, it, can i say a funny story real sure. quick yeah, yeah. there is a man actually a friend of one of the scientists one of the scientists' daughter had a friend, and her husband was an artist, and he had Lyme and didn't know it. And actually, at the conference with the doctors, he showed the pictures that this artist drew, and it was like spirochete. Everything was spirochetes <laughs> around the head. Oh wow! 
And so somehow, and he didn't even know it. That's so creepy. Isn't that yeah. creepy? I mean, it's creepy, but cool, like all at the same time. And he showed all these pictures. It was like, whoa. And it somehow integrated in all his drawings. Wow. I need to get those. Yeah, yeah you should get those. Because really it, cool. was, it, was, it was mind-boggling. Man, so your whole family's just hit the deck. I mean, they're just down for the count. And then your husband has this conversation with this scientist and then he figures out that this has got to go beyond the cellular level. He creates and develops this treatment and then you take it. And so you it's have- It's very related to his cancer treatment and I now know why he knew he could kill it right away. Yeah. So his well, cancer- Cancer's a cellular thing. Yes, but there's different deliveries. Okay. And that's what this- scientist is really a genius at he understands how to deliver and so in the cancer realm there's a there's a like a liquid that you can do dermal okay so dermal treatment and he started killing uh melanoma Mm -hmm. and then he had a patient that had systemic melanoma so he had to figure out how to kill it in the whole body wow and that's when he developed the nebulization and then later they developed a an IV so you can kill brain cancer without a scalpel wow and it it only it's so why is this not this like, is what I know <laughs> I know we, we need to get this this like out there I mean and the it's cost. very it's very hard like I you know people always say why isn't it out there well it's really hard to get it out there and um you know the research the right person has to be healed from it that's what has to happen the right person the, has to be healed and that person can make the difference that's right and and you know it's i ended up getting to know them because my symptoms came back 30 days after finishing and he taught me the natural healing cycle and and actually this teaches the immune system so you do have you are immunized somewhat yeah um so it's been a, a journey of treating people and seeing how everybody's, you know, completely different because those biorequites hit different systems and different people, like totally different in every person where they're weak. Um, but. Um, so you're t- you took the 60 day, you know, vial and and it you said it, it almost instantly. Well, in 30 days, I was up training my young horses that were ready to be trained for the first time they while i was in bed three years they were growing up yeah and um hot july i trained four wow wow and you know 30 days after treatment and um but i thought all my symptoms should be gone to be healing and what he taught me is it they cycle away you know lyme is a cycle you're up and down up and down up and down and when your body's been in a symptom cycle for years, it, you know, it'll slowly go away. It, 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 the, the cycles get broken up. Right. And I ended up because I still had some and he had to teach me about it. We became friends and, um, they started researching and that's when they discovered it's in the saliva. They started talking to the, 
spirochete experts and they were oral surgeons Mm -hmm. and what was so cool was the oral surgeons couldn't ever get rid of them but they didn't even realize they were from the body they so they and what they also noticed was were all their patients that needed the implants or the root canals and the serious um or had you know jawbone missing um they all had major diseases and they were the uh like autoimmune and chronic inflammation and um they tried everything to get them out i mean i think they were using clorox and honey (laughs) and all these weird things and they could get it out but when the patient came back they had them again Hmm. and i think it was the exchange of information like with these guys that they were like oh my gosh it's in the body fluids you've got to get them out of the body to ever get rid of them they're yeah. coming so up. They, they'd have they'd treat them extract them from the, <clears throat> the the area but then just naturally as the body would cycle through its fluid system its blood system then they would replenish back into that area and infect it yes yeah. and also the spirochetes in the mouth are giant they oh. they're eating on the food <laughs> And and they explain I'm just like imagining like this weird And they're long and gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um and that's how, you know, like with this treatment, you look at the saliva before and after treatment and yeah. you want them gone. Now we really see that they're gone every time. What we really look for is to see that the patient we learn that you've got a brush with baking soda to kill them in the mouth. Like the nebulizing doesn't get between your teeth because it's not part of your circulation. And you know, so those types of things, like my dad did the treatment and had dentures. I didn't tell him to clean his dentures. Oh wow. You know, so he was one of the- outside of the body, just like- Well, in your mouth. So like if there was in his dentures, then he put, don't they have to put like dentures in a cup? Well, I don't know if what he put them in killed him. Yeah. Oh, right. So like Listerine wouldn't do it or something, I guess. I don't, I, I'm not sure. But it's just uh, the whole, it's just amazing to me that. But they're in your plaque. Yeah. I mean, so we, we had to learn about, oh, you need to get your teeth clean. So it was a long process of learning like we didn't know so it was eight months so when they found out that it was in your saliva um the one partner got a microscope i mean you have to have a high powered they're teeny tiny yeah and so who did he look at he looked at our family and that's when we realized we all had it and i was like okay wait a minute and that was eight months after i was treated i'm like okay so well i i have to say my husband's saliva was pristine oh wow but we realized he chews peppermint gum all day (laughs) (laughs) there is zero chance he didn't have it and um it just was i mean it was just deeply no if you chew chew peppermint gum you clean oh okay you know what i mean he his mouth was clean. Okay. I mean, he chews, chewed gum every day, all day for years. Okay. So, um, but, it, you know, given that we were married 
20 yeah. years. Right. There's no chance he didn't have it. And I realized after being treated that I think my kids were born with it, just based on the symptoms that from years back that... Well, you said your youngest was two, right? When she was... Two and a half two when and a half. I saw, and I think she got bit at the barn, oh, like by a picnicking in the grass, probably, because she got that... that I had to sit with her and give her little ice cubes because she would just vomit. Oh, and, I mean, she was so sick. From a tick bite? I think. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what it... Yeah. But I didn't see a tick bite. I'm just saying I remember that. Yeah. So that's pretty young. She's probably... Yeah, so if she was born with it, then it just started to, you know, express itself through her body at that point, I suppose. But so, the cool thing is... She, you know, so here she spent her, I mean, she had the worst life. And I mean, it was really, really sad because she had two beautiful sisters and she couldn't lose weight. She looked pregnant. Mm. So with Bartonella, you have high anxiety. She was in the fight or flight. So it's cortisol. So it makes your belly really big. Mm -hmm. And, and also she was, um, very depressed, OCD, anxious. It, we went to the psychiatrist. We tried everything. And um, so, and then she wasn't doing well in school. And then she was really moody. You know, she was grumpy. She didn't feel well. So she wasn't nice to people and people, you know, in the family. And they weren't, you know, so it was, yeah, you know, and so, but the, the so when she got treated, she was, going into her 10th grade, going into 10th grade. And um, the scientist told me, he said, and so she's in, she's not, she failed every class. I mean, every test, like her whole life. Cause she, she just, I'd had her test and they're like, look, the memory, she just can't remember. Mm. And I was saying like, well, she's got Lyme. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Memory never comes back. Never. <laughs> and so, I, you know, he told me, he goes, look, she's going to get her memory back. I see it in the cancer patients. This rewires the brain. It gives you, it re gives you new connections and it takes a year. And so right when she was done, I had her retested in school and thinking, cause she was getting better. You know, I was like, ah, oh, it's not going to take a year. Well, she came back and that they said she's low IQ now. She's worse. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> and so here I am in this. And actually, she had the same two ladies that tested her from seventh grade. So they we knew each other. And, yeah. oh, she's sweet. And, but they were mad at me for getting her retested because they're like, she doesn't qualify for help anymore. You don't, you don't mm. qualify for services. And I was like, so I'm crying. All these people are there. And then they're like, okay, look, you just have to say you disagree. And she gets services. Well, um, six months after that, after, well, it was seven months after treatment, I got my first text and she was like, mom, I got an 80 on my math test. <laughs> and this is a middle school. That, no, this is in 10th grade. Oh, 10th grade. Okay. And uh, that's when she started improving. Well, that spring, she still failed all her SOLs, every single one. Now that's almost, you know, that's nine months out. The next fall. She passed them all, which was, she didn't even study. Yeah. It wow. was a miracle. She passed all her SOLs. Then she had an A in Algebra 2 the, you know, the first semester and was on the honor roll 
after that. Now, before getting treatment, she never would have driven a car. Yeah. She couldn't react. Like, I let her drive to the bus once. Once. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, she, you know, she wouldn't be able to think to, you know, react if somebody got in her way. Right, yeah. Um, She never would have gone to college. She, you know, really they were just passing her through college. I mean, high school. So, you know. It it was just really really sad. Yeah. And um, after after the um, treatment, her you know it took a while, but her Cushing's went away, her you know pre diabetes, her low vitamin D. Um, she lost eighty five pounds. Wow. She's just a brand new person. And this is after the treat about a year after the treatment. The, her she was cycling through as you were talking about you know and oh yeah she's. Yeah, she's still cycled. And so how old is she now? She's, she's 21. 21. And different and person. And she, completely different person. Um, I'm still doing, trying to figure out. She's very sensitive. Um, I mean, she still has some recovery because she was sick 15 years. Yeah. But wow. it's like a PTSD. And I'm, I think I've figured it all out just in the past couple of weeks, just working through stuff. Like we've done some hypnotherapy and... Because when you've lived that way all those years, you're there's just subconsciously triggers, yeah. and um, there's been a lot of development recently in brain therapy, and I'm researching it, and I'm so excited. Yeah, so. I'm a big proponent on that. The brain therapy, I think, especially with our soldiers coming back. And, and well, my brother has PTSD, and from going to Iraq, yeah. and. Um, I'm going to tell him all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what he might have gotten over there, you know, could have picked up anything, drink the water over there. But man, so, so your family bounced back. You feel you're back in health. You've, you've, you've been out of. So that was four and a half years ago. So, okay. So it's, you're clear. You've been clear. And so you're having, you're on a pretty consistent, um, just, you feel pretty much the same. I have, I'm still getting better. I mean, I think there's a PTSD, but yeah, I mean, I've been fully functional ever since. What I didn't know, like my naps uh, went from every day to three hours when I finished. And even up till this summer, I was taking 10 minute naps. And what I discovered is I have, I have some Hashimoto's. I never went back to a doctor because I'd been to so many for so long. Yeah. And the regular doctors are like, oh, your thyroid numbers are fine. Right. And um, I w- actually went to one of our doctors who the, the holistic doctors look at the ratios. It's not the typical numbers. And I realized that I have damage. You know, Lyme hits the thyroid in most people. And so um, wow. I'm taking a a little bit of a, I just have a slight, and since I've been taking the thyroid med, now I don't nap at all. Wow. So I wish I would have done that four years ago. <laughs> well, then what's my deal? Because I like to nap. <laughs> I just burned the candle at both ends. That's my problem. <laughs> I stay up too late. Yes. But, You're uh, probably a night person. I'm both. I'm a night person and a morning person. Oh, well, that's that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm cursed. I joke around like because I'll get up at 4.30 and uh and i'm up and i do my best thinking then but then uh at you know one o'clock in the morning i'm really feeling it and uh and then i'm just you know 
It's there. It's. I don't think it's a lime thing. It's I a, wish I had that. <laughs> Seth says he like he wished he had that too, because which is good. That means you've got well, a lot going on. I look at the. I look at people that can sleep in, and I get so jealous. Like anybody that can sleep past like nine o'clock in the morning, I'm like so jealous. I That's love, me. Yeah, I get so je- <laughs> I get so jealous of you. You you're like uh, you you could sleep till like noon, and then. I, I don't know why. I don't know if my it's my brain. Like I feel like I'm missing out. Maybe it's maybe it's like a FOMO thing, like a, a fear of missing out. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> subconsciously, I wake up. Okay, stuff's happening. I need to be a part of it. <laughs> but at least you're you're alive. I think so. <laughs> I mean, when I had Lyme. Yeah. And I woke up. I was like, I all I did was dread. Yeah. Because I was thinking of all the things I needed to do i couldn't well that's the other thing is it's like a compounding thing because you can't as a mom and having four kids you're trying to five five kids i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) you have five kids you're trying to be the mom and provide and clean and do all this stuff but then your body is just not cooperating your mind is in a different place you're struggling emotionally it's either and that's where um I had no hope, no hope, because I couldn't, uh, you can't, you're exhausted. And that was where, if I could keep my mind in scripture, yeah, um, I would get a little bit of life. But as soon as my mind, you know, I, I couldn't keep it yeah. because of the illness in my brain. Um, yeah, it's actually an outside force that's... that's... Well, and, and with my kids... Um, so yeah, it, it really, it's very satanic almost. Um, and I would just have to keep, I mean, I would memorize and just repeat. And I think, you know, part, and I would look, I would study healing. And I think through, through that somehow it came to us, you know, and we were a, we learned, you know, I worked with these guys and have been studying with them. And they're researching. I'm not, you know, a scientist, but we realized pretty quickly we needed doctors because these were, well, actually it was the super sick that were willing to do it to start with. Right. Um, and so now we have about 15 doctors and um, they're so happy to have, most Lyme doctors can't help their people. They, they yeah. can help them. They don't really tell them the truth. Yeah. They don't say you're not going to get better because they can't. They'll treat the, the symptoms. They treat the symptoms, yeah. and they're like, "We'll we'll put you in remission." Yeah. Um, and you get by. You just get by. Well, some people have to, half don't, half. Yeah. You know, they're on disability. I mean, so many families are broken apart because there is a, there is a a Lyme rage thing where you can't even think and focus and people lose their tempers yeah um i see uh, yeah i'm so happy my husband didn't divorce me and you know because some people are like yeah he says i'm lazy right and and then they leave them yeah they get frustrated that their the spouse is not the person they married well and if it's you know thank goodness it wasn't my husband i mean we would have lost our house i mean there are people that lose everything and 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 the doctors uh, don't connect the dots. Yeah. And they're like, it's in your head. And that's the other thing is they, they 
and you look okay, it's all in your head. Yeah. And, your, you know your what? and you know what? It your is in your head. Fine. Yeah, it is. Well, it's got to get past the brain barrier, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, they're and they're right under your nose, and people don't even know it. Yeah. That's incredible just to think about this thing. And what I'm still, I, like, I can't get my mind off the fact that it possibly, that all of this could have been avoided even here if our water wouldn't have been infected, that it could have been really generated from that. Uh, and I think about just the, way it could have been avoided uh and i wonder i wonder if this this treatment that you've come upon if that were able to be mainstream if it would literally transform our nation because people are dealing with this and they're well, suicidal that's why, they're, yes that's why when they're even all the heroin addicts and cutters i mean my daughter once she recovered never cut again yeah and that whole the whole cutting thing is because it's an adolescent thing typically like it's you don't see adults that do it it's mostly teenagers and they've got theories about it but no one's really come down on a concrete reason um it, it's a it's a self-medicating well, you know I, you know i've asked my daughter about it and she said it was like a release it yeah. was a type of release and um associated with pain and it was addictive yeah it's hard for me to imagine it gives them something to focus on and you know she's got some scars and she's a model and actually she lost a really good opportunity because they saw her oh really um you know back when she they were bigger but now um i've talked to her about you know talking to the scientist and getting some cream to put on it to get them away. And she's like, no, I love them. They remind me of where I've come from. Wow. And they're not bad. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you really can't hardly, you can see them if you really look. But yeah, um, she's, she's really um, proud to, you know, tell her story. Yeah. Yeah, you called her a lime what, warrior. Lime warrior. <laughs> I mean, actually, <laughs> I my three kids that were really bad off. I mean, well, actually, our whole family is very passionate, and um, you know, for a while they were calling me crazy. You know, right? Because every you know, I would identify in all these different people, and but now uh, I've learned not to, not to really let people know when I know they have it. Yeah. Because unless you can do this treatment, you, there's no hope. And yeah. you're worse off knowing. Yeah, well, I, I remember a time when chiropractors were considered quacks. And now everybody goes to a chiropractor. So maybe there's a time coming when some of these... these Why are they going to the chiropractor? Right, well, that's that's the other thing is for relief. I mean, you know, because... But I'm p- saying p- a lot of people symptoms, have it. Right, symptoms are causing the pain if you look up this is the one thing the scientist said to me he goes if you go onto the computer and google lime in a country it's everywhere now yeah everywhere in the whole world and you know because the birds are spreading it and even people yeah well if it's in your saliva you just yeah kiss somebody and then you transfer it well and that's the other thing i've been trying to figure out if a lot of people have it like why does my husband have no symptoms and um what i've learned is a a lot of it relates to being in fight or flight and certain people 
have personalities where they are empathetic with other people and they can take on negative energies of others without subconsciously without knowing it. Hmm. And that can make you probably like counselors and right. especially um, things become autonomic without us even being aware. Hmm. And um, so there's that aspect. And then there's also trauma that puts you in fight or flight. Yeah. And I looked back and for me, when I really became symptomatic, there were a couple traumatic things in my life, one related to my family and extended family, and then another with my neighbor. Mm. That uh, I think that's what brought my, put me in fight or flight, which messes up your hormones. You're not made to be in that very long. And when you're in it too long, it affects your mm -hmm. body. Yeah. And that's what, and then that, your hormones and everything affect your immune system, and that goes down. And so then the things that most people can fight off that's in the environment, um, what happens is you, it, it yeah. can invade your body. And what I see is with Lyme people, as time goes on, they pick up more and more diseases like mono and, um, and some of the like walking pneumonias yeah. and then they get mold sensitive and food sensitive and EFM, you know, like EMF, electromagnetic, and then metals and, you know. Food allergies, it just goes on and on, yeah. It's amazing, the human body is so complex and, you know, we obviously doctors know this because they study them and they know, you know, it's amazing what they can do with technology, but there's a whole field that's just not uh, given as much respect you know, and this whole alternative medicine side of things, the more natural, holistic medicines. Um, and they see success through a lot of these medications and these treatments. Um, I, it's just a shame that we they haven't been more welcomed into the, the our community at large. I think they're becoming more and more oh, and more and more. No, I agree. Like, I don't even want to go to my primary care anymore because <laughs> they kind of just type it in. Right. Um, I go to a holistic doctor now and well think about just like this is a joke but essential oils like I mean everybody has essential oils and um, like I, I have for instance I have a bad back I have um, L3 L4 I've done stem cell therapy mm -hmm. on it and uh, they've tried you know the stem cell therapy was supposed to fix it and all that it didn't didn't fix it it just actually made it worse uh, believe it or not and I don't know why that is. I haven't gone back to figure that out because I'm still paying for it. Uh, but because in, insurance doesn't cover it, it's like like right. nine grand for a you know nine or ten grand for an injection of your own cells. But uh, what's what I'm noticing is that uh, these essential oils. Somebody was like, "You got to put these oils on your back," and I was like, y "You don't understand. This is a nerve related thing. These oils are not going to help." But I. I, I've like just because they were so kind and so, I was like, all right, I'll try it. So I tried it for like a week. It actually did. Help Which me. one did you use? It was like a whole, it was like a whole, like, oh, it was a, like a, a, a blend. Yeah. So they're like, you got to put peppermint, you got to put some, I don't know, I forget what they all are. I've still got them up on my nightstand. But, so I'm studying oils right now too. Yeah. And um, mainly because for people that can't afford this treatment, um, for example, my trainer's horse has Lyme. 
And before we got this treatment, we were going down the road of essential oils. And a lot of it, you know, I don't believe it kills it all, but it can help you. It can, it, I think it can bring your load down and work with your symptoms. But an example is I have a horse that um, had poor training. I got her because she was sent to Florida to be one of the top dressage horses and started throwing the riders. And I got her in an auction. She's drop-dead gorgeous. And and then I found out about her. The owner wanted to talk to me, ex-owner. And, um, you know, just told <laughs> me was, how I ended up with her. That's nice of them to sell it and then tell you. Well, she what she wanted, what she said to me, though, was if she doesn't work out, you can give her back to me because I don't want her ending up in a meat factory. Yeah. She was that bad. Well, wow. I figured out she had an ulcer. And when I fixed her ulcer, she is the most amazing horse. But she has some training issues because of her past, right? So I put lavender behind her ears one day because she gets nervous, you know, if she's asked anything new or feels like I'm putting too much pressure. It totally, it made, it, she reminded me of a hippie. She was so chill and like this whole story boom. reminds me of a hippie. Like I put lavender behind her ears. And she, I, no. I'm serious, and so um, so I believe in the. I mean, it, yeah. So guess what? And this is funny are you going to come out I'm, with for horses now? Well, what I'm doing. So I'm learning about the limbic system because now I'm realizing that the symptom cycling relates to the limbic system, and so now I'm trying to figure out retraining that. So I, I, um, I was thinking, okay, I'm putting the lavender on, you know, before stressful training, right? I need to train them. So now I'm putting lavender inside the bucket when I feed them. Oh, okay. Because I want them to relate the lavender smell to the, their best time of the day because right. horses love to eat. In fact, they will eat themselves to death they, because they don't have. Is that the term? Eat like a horse. <laughs> yes, I mean literally, you have to lock the feed room. Oh wow! Because the, if they get in, they don't have. They don't like their stomach can. They they can die. Yeah. Um, wow. But so now I just this week I was like, okay, I need to get the train the brain that the lavender is really good. It's not like before you're getting trained. Right. Right. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm doing that I'm, so that they associate. I'm telling you, the pet market with essential oils is, is an untapped market. You could become a billionaire if you, well, <laughs> if you work this um, out the right way. No, because it, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really. Well, people love their animals, and and they're they're a physiological being. Just they like, cannot lie. Right. I mean, well, the you know. It's, yeah. it's it's not a what is it um placebo <laughs> right no that's that's so true that's a very true that's why we so test, that's I guess, why so. i am really sold on um the oils uh, yeah. So, yeah i mean it's god's it's god's yeah i mean we have all the nebula not, not nebulized the uh vaporizers yeah. in our kids rooms and they love it and you go in it smells great and uh and all that but um yeah i i tell you what what's amazing to me though is that uh it's just the journey that God, that you, your family went through from feeling completely normal, healthy, running, going to the gym, and then 
moving out and you're building like your dream home, right? And mm -hmm. so it was like this huge, that was probably stressful as well. You yes, know. even the um, before we moved, we had two houses. Yeah, well, that's and then fun. the market crashed. So yeah, so you're dealing with all of these outside forces, and then and then it just maybe that just set it up to where there it could expose itself. Yeah, and uh, it's amazing to me how you know those things affect our lives and um, dealing with you know stress and our ment mental condition and state and all that. But I, I think about um, just how the Lord just mercifully led your husband to this scientist and how he was able to give you this treatment. And uh, Well, the other cool thing is a lot of the first people, a lot of the people that come, it, it, I actually prayed. I had a couple friends that wouldn't do the treatment. Actually, it was their husbands. Right. <laughs> And so it really upset me. It was in the beginning, and it was like the Lord just put in my spirit, don't worry. The I will send the people. Yeah, yeah. And most of the people that end up being directed to me directly are Christians. <laughs> and in the beginning, a lot of them cry, would cry saying, oh, my gosh, I was just on my knees hmm. saying, Give me the answer. I can't go anymore. Yeah, and um, and so I I do know it was it was a gift, and um, we I mean we all realize I mean we got our lives back because we we wouldn't we would be in a hole. Yeah. Still. So how does how what's how does someone that may, you know maybe someone listening to this is dealing with these things and they they will they would want to explore the possibility of getting treated? How would they go about doing that? So um, there is a email. I think it's I, I'd have to look it up, but I think you can put it somewhere. But there's an email you can write to asking for information. Um, I think it's info at lime n dot com. Okay. I'm not sure positively, but um, and we can direct you to a doctor, get you documentation so you can read about it and understand it, and then guide you to the closest doctor. Or we just got a, a doctor in Canada that can take telephone patients, which <laughs> oh, wow. I'm so excited because, like even last week, a woman, a family flew in from California to a doctor here in Annandale to get, you know, people fly in. Yeah. Um, so, so anyhow, now we have a doctor that you can do a telephone appointment and she's amazing. So what's the, what's the website that they could, you could direct someone there to? There isn't a website. Oh, there isn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but just info at lime-in.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, and they can just email and start to dialogue with someone and talk about what the options might be and the process of maybe getting involved with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, man. Well, this has just been really a cool story. I, and it's just amazing to me that there's something like this out there that can help people. Um, I know you, so I've, I've, I saw you on the back end of this. If you, when you told me where your family was, I wouldn't have believed it. Uh, you know, it's because of what I see now. Like I see, you know, I see my son and your son, they hang out, they, lift weights together they're just these vibrant 15 year old 
guys, you know, to think that um, where they came from, where Seth came from, you know, just in mm-hmm. his life. Um, it's so encouraging. So broken. Yeah. And and it's just a it's an amazing testimony of how the right God. the right timing, the right place, the right treatment, you know, uh, how God just kind of plopped that into your guys' family when he did. And then now you're an advocate, which I love that. Um, we need more. We also have a foundation that we started, and it doesn't have much money yet, but um, (laughs) we're going to do some fundraising. But I originally set it up so that um, there were a lot, there were people that were uh, paying for people's payment. Oh, wow. Or or, um, helping them get treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I, I know there's other foundations that give money. Um, for people to get treated for different diseases. And so I said it, part of it, it was set up to educate because really you can't find the truth out there about Lyme. Nowhere does anybody say it's contagious. It's, I mean, there's studies that show it's sexually transmitted, that it's in Alzheimer's and dementia patients. Um, So we wanted a foundation where we could educate people and really put the truth out there and also it's to help people get better and and so like if you want to donate for somebody in particular you can you can pay Lime Revive okay and and then Lime Revive can you know you can get a tax write off for um, helping somebody and then they can get treated is is, um, is Lime Revive the name of the actual treatment is No that okay. that's the foundation that we set up okay Lime Revive Foundation and I'm hoping I mean there's a lot of single moms uh, on disability (laughs) with kids you know they need help or college kids yeah well just families in general yeah that's amazing it would be nice to somehow do something through the church some someday too yeah Um, yeah well like I said it's a lot of these things are just the right person at yep. the right time it's just that you know like if in order for something like this to go mainstream it's gonna have to hit the like the right person's gonna have to get sick and be treated and then be able to make a difference they have that influence um yeah there's a story in the book of acts where the apostle paul actually heals the son of the king on this island and because he heals the son the king hears the gospel and then the and then the king invites the entire island to when he was shipwrecked on Malta, they invite mm-hmm. the entire island to hear the gospel, <laughs> all because of a, of the pathway of healing. The right mm. person, you know, the right person can bring the right influence to make the right change. And I just think that um, that's probably what's going to be the situation with this. And well, it you know, did grow our faith. I mean, because yeah. it's in these hard times that you um, that you grow, that you have to rely on him and he has to show himself mighty. And I would say it grew my kids' faith and they really wouldn't trade, yeah. you know, what we, I mean, it really even created a tremendous bond between <laughs> us and yeah, because bet. they're seeing other people getting healed now, they're, you know, they're, they're okay with it, Yeah, you know, but, and it, I think God says he gives you double for your trouble too. And when I th- when I sit and think of like the years that were stolen where we couldn't be when my kids were little and yeah. like Seth I was sick a 
big part of his childhood where I wasn't with the others. And I know God will restore that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so it's okay. That's a wonderful promise, too. That's mm-hmm. a great promise. Uh, well, thank you for coming in, Jeannie. It's an yeah, awesome Thank you story. for having me. Yeah. And we'll put all the links to these things that you talked about, the foundation and all that, on in the show notes. So you can actually look in the details of the show notes, and you'll have access to that as well um, as we go. But, um, man, it's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything to add. Yeah. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> I was it's, it's amazing. And I guarantee you we're going to dig out this Japanese thing. I'm, yeah. I'm now I I'm, have I'm, the I'm, book. Yeah, so we'll 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 uh, maybe do a whole episode just on that and we'll we'll discuss that a little bit more, but Yeah, th- cuz it's not just spirochetes. No, yeah. That was like a chapter. Oh, wow. Those Japanese, you know, there's <laughs> cancer too. Yeah, I contagious. I, it doesn't surprise me. They were very very vicious warriors. I've heard oh. they're the worst. Yeah, no. I've heard it from culturally, um, yeah. My uncle, I mean, people that went to Vietnam. Yeah. You know, the, uh, oh. the men that have been at war, um, multiple ones have told me that they are. Oh, the Korean and the Vietnam, I've heard the worst stories about. Well, all the, they're all insanely vicious to each other. Like yeah. the, it's, whichever one is like at power. Like the Chinese, like it's, I lived in Asia and I remember I could have Korean friends or something and then someone <laughs> yeah. would ask them if they're Japanese and they'd like freak out. And then yeah. if you ask like if someone who was Chinese, if they're Korean, they'd freak out and everything. They were, they're terrible to each other. Like yeah, hi- horrible, yeah. Trust. just terrible. It, some would call it racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they, right? yeah. yeah, they totally are. No, for real, it is, you know. But it's based on like centuries of just yeah i i think awful. it's cultural you know it's just how they well, yeah when they, they fight they kill. fight yeah they fight bad i mean when you get heard of harry carey right like the honor if you've not yeah. done well the sword across inside the chest and up and it's like mm-hmm. uh, there's no way you're going to survive that and it's a well they would do painful, that to themselves right that's my point it's like a painful brutal way of dis of because you dishonored, mm. you know, to treat yourself. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. But, yeah. So we'll dig that out a little bit more and check out that book. Maybe That'll we'll, be another. Another episode, yeah, <laughs> to unpack. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you yeah, for thank having you. me. It's it a great a pleasure. Great story. And um, we know that the Lord will continue to use that. And we'll pray that he'll bless and use uh, everything that the research these scientists are doing to bring more people to a, a condition of healed and, and being healed. Um, we know that they need it. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, it was another great episode. Yeah. Rosie? It's yeah, good. Yeah. I don't have any, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Jeannie, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll catch everybody next time on All Out War. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at All Out Warcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.